0: Just hear those sleigh bells jingling, ring ting a ling a ling too. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you. Come on, it's lovely weather for a sleigh ride together with you. through the song or should we start the segment our cheeks are nice and rosy and comfy cozy are we we snuggle like how nothing faces like did yeah. not impressive. even norms yeah. retirement yeah. that's his
1: <laughs> good that's
0: falling back on his training come on it's lovely weather it's 618 it is the ticket's white elephant good morning Man, we've been going at it uh, for like an hour already, and it's still only 6.18. That's fantastic. It's great to have you with us. Uh Thanks once again to uh AI Georgie and to Real Daddy, who are getting us through our our little breaks uh, all through the morning. Uh, we're very excited about this. I don't know if AI Georgie is going to be joined by any friends or if it's just AI Georgie. I think I'm great with either. So uh, we will do that all through the day. We're all d- grabbing different uh, ticket segments through the morning and uh, just kind of passing the ball around here on our way till 10 a.m. I wanted to start today with a book report because this, the ticket white elephant, is a benchmark for the ticket because uh, we turned 30 before too long. The 30th anniversary of the ticket is uh, is nigh upon us. And to kind of go back and how it's uh, changed uh, all of our lives and uh, hopefully many of yours, uh, it does bring us back to that day back, I suppose, in January of 1994. Now, at the time, I was finishing up my final year of college, so I, I did not know it was happening when it was happening. But, uh, Junes, you certainly knew. And uh, a lot of people in real time were hearing things go on the air, and as that era was so important to Dallas radio, we would come to find out. Just the entire time period and what it captures in the 90s when it went on the air is profoundly important. For instance, uh, there is a book called Outliers out there that uh, kind of measures the role luck and timing plays in everyone's success story or lack thereof, I suppose it could go the other way. But it was very helpful to be finishing college in the sports radio space at the time all the sports radio stations were being born. Mm -hmm. The best way to get a job is to have a lot of job openings. It gets considerably tougher, as many people in this room may attest, to get into the business once all the positions are filled and only one vacates very periodically. So timing was very important uh for 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 guys like me to hit when all the sports radio stations were opening. Well, there were a lot of technical changes back then in the 30 years ago uh in the early 90s and Chuck Klosterman's book called The 90s is something I would recommend for anybody that lived the 90s. Now if you were in diapers, maybe it won't be very meaningful to you, but if you were at the age of kind of understanding We're the only, I don't know what you would call our generation. Obviously, Gen X is used all the time. But if you were born in that general Gen X area, you're the only generation that can experience pre-internet and post-internet in a meaningful way. Uh, Others, the people who came after us, were born into this new world, and obviously the people before us might still resist a cell phone or getting online because of uh, fear of what might happen out there. And so this book captures a lot of the changes of the 90s, and the one that really took me is in Chapter 6, and it's just kind of measuring the the switch on the Internet changing the world. And uh, what went along with that, of course, was mobile phones. And so the stat that blew my mind was in 1990, a mobile phone, and you can see this in movies now, is basically a way to demonstrate that whoever has the phone, like in 1990 in a movie, is basically an a-hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are portrayed as uh, self-absorbed, Uh, Just horrible people that uh, have the audacity to talk on a phone while in their no-doubt convertible or something of that nature. And only 4 million Americans had mobile phones in 1990. By 1998, the number would get to nearly a 100 million. And now, in a country of 340 million, 330 million of us have our own phone. Wow. Damn. I Isn't that saw a homeless man charging his phone yesterday? Wow. What <laughs> really? a power outlet, yes. So we've gone from less than 5 million to 330 million people having phones in the lifetime of the ticket. And obviously that has all sorts of tentacles, including, but not limited to, if you have teenagers as I do or college students, uh, you know that they have to update their phones. And just that concept, Junior. I don't know if, if, if you are like me, but when I was old enough to recognize a telephone, three or four years old, the thing that's ringing on the wall, that phone remained in my home until I left home. Like, yeah. they never changed phones. Yep. And if they did... They got the exact same model, and it was either touch dial or uh, rotary, and you would wrap yourself in the cord like uh, Kip Dynamite, but uh, the home phone was your only option, and and this book sort of just discusses uh, movies that feel outdated because, invariably, the distraught boyfriend is at a payphone somewhere, which don't exist anymore. And he's calling the girl he just broke up with, but getting her answering phone, answering machine with the little tape in it as he l- leaves some drunken confessional. And of course, in the movie, the tape ends up getting destroyed before she can listen to it right. and hear his apology. And so they never <laughs> get back together or something like that. And so as they go through this, you know, as this chapter goes on, he's just talking about the concept of how the home phone dictated our lives and how today we, we say your phone is, uh, is, is like distracting you. You can't watch a TV show because you're looking at your phone. Right. You're yeah. a slave to your phone, right? Very you're, much. You, you, your, your phone controls you. We will say to kids. It's uh, now a computer. Yes. yes. And, and so his premise in the book is we were more controlled by phones back then than today. And his rationale is if you needed a phone call, if you were waiting for your girlfriend to call or your job to call, you literally had to sit in your living room and change your schedule to wait for a phone call. Yes. Very true, yeah. And you would not be able to leave your home until that phone call arrived or risk missing it altogether. Further, the idea that when you would make plans with people, once you left your house there's no deviating from those plans. If you said you would meet at this place at this time, you can't get a text from somebody because that didn't exist that says, I'm running 10 minutes late, can we actually meet over here? Right. You're bound to the plans that you made that morning. They would have to call the manager of the restaurant you were meeting at and say, can you go out to the lobby and tell someone with red hair that we're actually meeting down the street? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And so and so the as this goes along, uh, he, he basically is making the case that the only other time society was as altered as when we all started getting mobile phones, which by definition meant we could now become mobile with them. We could make phone calls. We could call a, a sports radio station actually in transit from a car phone, which only rich guys truly had at uh, the beginning <laughs> of things. But he said this is only comparable to when uh, families started acquiring cars, like in the 1920s, and we could actually go from city to city and go meet up with somebody. Uh, it it – in the 1920s the freedom of transportation just allowed us to uh, kind of change society that we could now go back and forth and and we could go see people who are miles and miles away we don't have to uh, hook up the horse and buggy and take an all day journey to go 10 miles or something like that and the phone did the same thing we were no longer bound to our home phone we uh, we now had uh, the the freedom and, and of course that was followed by the internet and so forth and so on but i just started thinking about just phone use and just even even an Answering machine in in like high school was uh, somebody is uh, really a techie. They're really they're really a a a tech nerd junior to get a answering machine (laughs) and a game changer because then you could leave the house. You wouldn't miss a call because the machine would get it. It was a big game changer when you could call your phone and get the voicemail. Yes, you call your home phone and you could dial in a code and hear what your messages are. Yes. So the home phone the the bell on the home phone would ring at eighty decibels. And it would also continue to ring forever if the person calling let it continue to ring. Yeah. So the idea of ignoring a phone call or letting it go to voicemail, you could not. And they made it purposely loud enough that any room in the house could hear the bell ringing because it could be a life-changing event that somebody is calling your home phone right now. We didn't even... I, I know this sounds old, but I do remember these days you would not conceive of not answering a phone call to your home because yes. this could be a serious medical incident <laughs> yes. with somebody you know. You yes. never knew what, what was going to be on the other line. Yeah. You wouldn't get a junk phone call. There's no such thing. You know, what's weird, too, is now when we go to bed, we probably all put do not disturb on our phone. Oh, yes. But back then, you you couldn't do that unless you took it off the hook. Yeah. But you just left it on the hook, and somebody could prank call you at 3 (laughs) a.m., But that rarely, if ever, happened. And that's the downside of what we've done now, Junior. <laughs> we've eliminated <laughs> prank calling. We have eliminated prank calling, yes, which is very sure. unfortunate because caller 30, ID screwed up a lot yeah, of things. <laughs> now we could have AI Georgie call people yeah, all day long. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> just think of the possibilities. Huh. Anyway, that's a little uh, books report for you. It's Chuck Klosterman's The '90s. Highly recommend. Uh, that's obviously just a small thing—a uh, chapter about the OJ trial, a chapter about. I mean, there's wow. so many good things in here. Uh, He's Great, and by it, the way. yes he is and then it ends with a uh, chapter on y2k and uh how freaked out everybody was Remember about the that calendar forget that yeah yeah and that's the end absolutely you won't wake up tomorrow yes it's uh it's fantastic so uh check out that book if you'd like